Hello and welcome to the official podcast of Palate Exposure, featuring Ilona Thompson, a podcast for those seeking the ultimate in wine, food, and travel. Each week, she interviews winemakers, chefs, celebrities, and a variety of guests that shape the way we enjoy life. The fruit that is in this wine is very exceptional and expensive, but it did have smoke tank. So what happens is smoke obviously is in the air, but what type of smoke? What burned? That right there is one of the key elements. Is it just sagebrush? Is it palm? Is it oak? Is it pine? Is it a naga hide? Is it a Ford Escort? You know, what is burning obviously is going to make a very big difference in your taint that's in your wine. So the smoke gets onto the grape. The grape is a waxy surface, so it sort of gets embedded there. And as the grape ferments, these molecules follow their way into flavor molecules through that process. So they're very hard to get rid of because of the waxiness. It's not something you can just, oh, just scrub the grapes. Um, Doesn't work. Um, We've tried it, trust me. So here you've got, you know, your whole year as a farmer, everything you've grown is out there and in one hour, in five minutes can be totally ruined possibly okay so what we have in ember are um, some vineyards that were picked after the fire that literally were right again right at the heart of where all the fires were right in the deep of the smoke that we brought in but one thing that we did do differently is we make a wine called the quote here at reynolds that we were the first winery in the u.s to do trials using ozone ozone gas Well, in a hotel room, if you check into a hotel room and there's been a party or something doesn't smell good, something's happened in that room, they will actually bring in a machine that is an ozonator and it will atomize the smoke or other molecules. Anything that has aromas kills pretty much anything. So the night of the fire, I was lucky enough that I knew some scientists back in Italy. So I hit them up real quick and said, hey, could you help me out? So they gave me a protocol to treat our grapes that we picked and put them into a container and ozonate them to try to, you know, neutralize and break apart the molecules. Um, One of the predominant one, here's your trivia for the day, you can take to your cocktail parties, is 4-methylguayacol. It is one of the dominant smoke molecules and one of the the ones that we measure and can be measured to check to see if a wine's going to be destroyed. This wine, Ember, actually does have levels of 4-methylguayacol, but it's a tricky molecule. It's one of these molecules that can kind of show itself, hide, show itself. The wine can taste great when you bottle it, but a year later it totally shows itself and it's terrible. It can be smoky when you bottle it, and then a couple years later it's great, it's gone. This is a wine that we had a, uh, we had a party. I invited um, a bunch of concierges. Um, several other great winemakers from the valley and um, psalms, a bunch of people that were in the industry. And to get into the party, you had to taste two wines. And you had wine one, which you had to taste A, B, and C. Wine two, A, B, and C. You had to pick your favorite wine. And then you also had to pick the wine that was smoke-tainted. That's all you did. You voted. Ironically, guess what wine won? It was the smoke wine on both of them that people enjoyed. So here's my closure on that because I don't want this to go on too long. Um, Our barrels are built over a flame. So we've been drinking 
wines that have had levels of smoke taint or smoke uh, manipulation, whatever that term is. In other words, we've come to like a version of that. Now, whether you like this or don't like this, at least you can learn something. And I think where I find the biggest difference on smoke tainted wines is the very, very finish of the wine. After you've swallowed it, it's that little second and third swallow of what you taste. And sometimes it's just a little sort of dry mouth, ashy. You can just catch a little bit of that. But now if you live in Texas or you live in Oklahoma or the South, I'll go to North Carolina South. Let's keep going there because I don't want to leave anybody out. If you like barbecue, I'm telling you, this could be one of the best wines you've ever had. I'm just saying right now. So anyway, Ember could be something fun for you to try at home. That's that's about it. And the pedigree of the fruit is unbelievable, by the way. You know, I, I will say to comment on Cab Franc, a lot of people get asked, we winemakers get asked, hey, you know, what grape, if you were stuck on an island and you had to make only one wine, and almost everybody picks Pinot Noir pretty much, right? Because it's a finicky little thin skin grape and has so many variations thereof. For me, it would be Cabernet Franc because I think it's, uh, she's an elusive one. Um, it can be, it, it wears all kinds of hats. It can be very spicy. It can be very fruit forward. Um, to get it to have fruitiness and fruit components, it has to sit on the vine much longer, which makes it very tough. So to me, um, Cab Franc is one of those ones that I think is the most challenging, but also can be one of the most rewarding. I'm just trying to wipe an image of you as a superhero with an ozonator. <laughs> I'm totally distracted by that. <laughs> well, there you go, you guys. This is such a great opportunity. And really, please, don't just assume that 2017 that's been labeled by the press the fire year needs to be overlooked for that reason. There's so many wonderful stories like this one. And if you guys, um, you know, take the time and the trouble to do a little research or to listen to smart, wise folks like Steve, you will do yourself a huge favor, do your palate a favor, which is what I'm all about, is that treat your palate well. And this particular wine might just be a revelation for you. And uh, Alona, just to say, 80% of Napa's fruit was in before the fire. So all of our Reynolds releases that you will buy, other than this, are smoke-free. And 17 was a fantastic vintage. So to let you know, you know, don't be afraid of them. Make sure, you know, fill your cellars because I think there's a great, there's some great ones out there. There'll be fewer of them, but this... We bottled very little of it, just enough mostly to cover our wine club. Um, we try every year to make something unique and different that we're not going to sell to the public. And to me, you know, I know you you why you know you need to convey. I know you were thank you very much. You helped me on this stuff. Convey like why would people buy Reynolds wines? I think you know that's really it. I think you know. We still try to do things that other people are not doing. We try to handcraft them. We try to do, for me, what would I want? And to me, heck yes. Would I like, to, if I weren't a winemaker and didn't have to go through this, would I want to learn that? Would I want to sit at home and kind of read a little bit about this and understand it? Because it's going to come up in your life again. And let's face it, at the next, again, cocktail wine party, 
it's nice to be the smart guy every once in a while. So. Mm-hmm. To validate this further, for what it's worth to you folks, um, there's a really fantastic event in Napa Valley every February called Premier Napa Valley. It's a trade event, but it's a fantastic opportunity to preview the vintage, usually uh, the two most recent vintages that are you know, about to be ready at port side by side, 16 and 17. 16 is a phenomenal vintage, but it's pretty shut down. I'm making sweeping generalizations, but I probably tasted couple hundred wines over a three to four day period. 17s were giving with both hands. I have to say it's my favorite vintage of late and it's unthinkable for me to step away from it. So please do your own research, trust your own palate, forget what everybody else says, taste the wines. Exactly right. No, <laughs> I got off my soapbox. <laughs> uh, you mentioned uh, that you make special wines for your club, which is to me a pretty important reason to be your best friend and to participate. Uh, one of them, I believe, might be the one we're tasting next, right? The Steward of the Lion, isn't, isn't that typically just for your club members? So it is. So, you know, we wanted to, um, you know, I'm very blessed that I get to work. You know, I know we've thanked my wife, thank my family, all my kids, everybody for all they do to support us. But our team at Reynolds is unbelievable and I'm very blessed, you know, our our cellar guys led by Arturo, um, our vineyard team, Israel, and everybody that works with them, just super blessed. And we have another property called um, called Persistence, ironically, um, 20 acres off of Monticello Road that's over on the border of Coombsville. And uh, we wanted to see what we could do with a couple of the little slightly hillside sections of changing some farming and just pushing the envelope a little bit through, you know, farming a little better organically, dropping more fruit, controlling a little more of the growth of the plant. And, uh, you know, a few years down the road, we started to see some good results. So the steward of the land, obviously the name kind of is exactly what I just described is, you know, I think, you know, being a steward of the land, you're, you're trying to do things to give back to the land because they get, you know, Earth gives us so many wonderful things, including this great liquid fun that's in my glass right here. So, you know, for me, um, steward of the land seemed appropriate because that's what we do every day really here as far as our farming is concerned. And it's a, it's a Cabernet Franc mostly, Cabernet Franc and Cabernet blend from that vineyard, just certain sections. We didn't make a ton of it. Um, this could possibly be a wine that we do add to our lineup because already the people that have tasted it have just, you know, we're, we're getting reorders quite a bit already. So it's always a good way to test the market. But for me, you can see, I love left bank, right bank. I mean, there's so many wines I've tried over my life, whether it be a Merlot blend, but that Cab Franc, is so popular right now and I've become a total believer. So that's what this is for us is obviously we showed quite a bit of Cab Franc today. We wanted it to be a show that showed some of the wines that, you know, we have a whole lineup, but wanted to show a few things that are really unique to people too. And I love how you describe it. It's exquisite. It has this elegance to it that is uncommon. A well-executed Cab Franc, there's nothing like it. Oh, this is so, I mean, I, I didn't want this to become, a, I wasn't going to sit here and tell you, uh, tasting lavender and, you know, <laughs> no, that's really not what tonight's about, right? Well, you look so debonair, it actually fits. 
I should have put my smoking jacket on. There you go. And, uh, I tell you what, I got to tell a quick story. Um, one of the funniest things I ever saw, Jamie Whetstone is a good friend, winemaker. Hopefully you guys have tried their wines. Mm. Jamie did the High Museum out in Atlanta one year. And when his auction came up, he made this little video. I was so jealous. I wanted so bad to have had this idea. The video opens with him in a smoking jacket, you know, leaning against the fireplace um, with a glass of wine. And it's just hysterical. I don't know if you can Google it if it'll come up, but, you know, he's sitting there swirling his glass and something to the effect of, I'm Jamie Whetstone. I'm a winemaker. And just that, you know, almost that, you know, in your face. And you know, Jamie's a good looking surfer dude. And, and it ends with him, like, going out again, leaning, looking back, saying something like, you know, from California drops his smoking jacket and gets into the hot tub and of course they fog out the the private parts but hysterical one of the funniest things so you know i figure as we get towards the end of this and uh you know humorous things like that i think that's what we're all about right now so google that see if that comes up i don't even know if it's if it's out there and get a hold of jamie if not i'm sure he'll send it to you hey i have an idea just popped into my mind i'm about to possibly give a bottle of your wine away, Steve. How about everybody that's watching it write in about what they want to see you at? And the one that gets chosen gets a bottle of wine. Oh, what nice character idea. would you like to see, Steven? Oh, boy. That's scary. That's scary. I know. You have no control over it. It's I'm all not, you guys. I'm not sure I like this. Might have to go to something bigger. I mean, I'm on wine, but I got one thing left, another bottle over here next to it that, you know, just so we move this along. All right. Well, yes. No, we, uh, we'll put a pin in it because, um, yeah, maybe after the tequila shot, we'll talk you into it. Because I know personally. Hold on. Did you see what I did? Squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> You did. You, you pulled the squirrel, but I'm not giving up because I think you would be a fantastic thing. But you last can, but not least, huh? you can keep talking, but I'm going to go into this baby. I know you just can't. You can't control yourself. You just like love handling this beautiful bottle. Oh. <laughs> yes, the penta. For those that don't know what that means, why penta? So I have started every wine dinner for over 20 years um, raising a glass of tequila as a surprise, maybe not so much of a surprise anymore. I think the cat's out of the bag. Sometimes I'm not sure if people come to our wine dinners for the wine and they want to do a little tequila shot. Either way, it doesn't matter. As long as they get there, that's all that really matters. But for us, for Susie and I, you know, we like to honor the people that we've worked with for so many years. And, you know, for us, we noticed that, uh, you know, the true winemakers of California, as I call them, you know, a lot of our Hispanic population, my guys, really never get the credit. They're never on these you know, little live streams, very rarely. And, uh, you know, it's just my way or our way of giving back a little bit to make sure people knew that there are, you know, 99 hands that touch a bottle of wine and I'm only number 100 when I bring it to you. So one dinner at a time, it was my way of just saying thank you to them. So, you know, you come to one of our dinners and at the very beginning, we all raise a glass and let's face it, nah, dinner's a little more fun when you've had a little taste of tequila. I'll be honest with you. Everything's better with a little shot of tequila. So several years ago, I went down to Mexico and decided to learn more about it because everyone thought I was an expert. And candidly, I wasn't. I enjoyed it, but didn't know a lot about it. 
So I uh, fell in love with it and I'm very blessed. I've got four partners um, that have helped me make this what it is. So Penta means five. So in the country of Mexico, there are 32 states and five of those states can make tequila. We were the first guys to go down and grow agave in all of Mexico's five states um, and make the first layered complex tequila, but more of a vision of winemakers. So it has more refinement, um, you know, things like cutting more or almost all the skin off and kind of like look at it as a pineapple. You know, you wouldn't want the skin blended up into your smoothie. We used more of the sweet meat characters. Um, we cooked it slower like sous vide. We used purified well water. We were the first guys to use champagne yeast and do trials with that. So uh, anyway, if, uh, if you haven't tried it, um, we might even be doing one of these about Penta in the next week or two. Um, you can go to pentatequila.com, check it out. A little selfish little Penta thing out right there. But uh, this is uh, normally we start our little dinners or events with tequila. I figure, you know, we can kind of end it this way too, or we can talk through this, whatever you'd like to do. But anyway, yeah, Ilona, we're not ending, but I do want to thank you. I want to thank Paul. I want to thank James. I want to thank everybody for who's tuned in tonight or who has supported us through this whole, I tell you what, it's, it's almost emotional for us because we have had so many people order wine. I'm almost choking up that. That's it. I'll just say thank you, guys. No, you, you guys that are watching are really such an important part of this. You make people like Steve's, you know, professional lives possible because you are the ones right now. Through your support, brands like his would flourish, and I don't want them to just survive. I want them to thrive. I've come to be a huge fan because it's one of the most honest wines that I've had from the Valley. Steve, as you've heard this entire show, is very much his own person. He's very respectful and obviously lives his life in gratitude, as you've heard, but he also has a point of view and he's not afraid of it. He's a first generation vintner and he's building a really important legacy. His slogan is Drink American, and what he's doing really is American Dream. He's doing it his way. And I sincerely hope that you will support it. Cheers to that. Cheers, and thank you. I think I'm better now. I'm better now, so thank you. Should we wrap this thing up and let everybody go do their yeah. Friday night party? Yeah, I, I wanted to hop on because I did want to say one thing, is, is that um, I... Steve has been incredible, to Iona's point. Um, I feel like family when I come up to Steve's Winery. And um, I, I can't, you know, I, I can't say enough about how Steve, and, and please support them. They are incredible winery. When we get out of this, go visit the winery. You've seen the pictures in the bottom right. It's, it's pretty incredible. Um, again, if you want to learn anything about the wine, you know, it's on their site. Also in the bottom, and there's all, all his tastings, all his wines, all the descriptions on it. But... I will say that Steve is, is is just incredible in his winery, and and Susie as well. Everyone, the whole family is just incredible. So thank you, Steve, for letting me be a part of it. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for doing this. All right. Here's everybody. Bye, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Have a great Friday. Indeed. Thanks again for tuning in to the official podcast of Palette Exposure, featuring Alona Thompson. We'll see you again next week.